Welcome back to Isolation Cast, our first video content. Uh, today, it's going to be a little bit different, um, but again, in kind of helping us all try to find this joy, I wanted to bring on uh, one of the kind of coolest and most dynamic theater professionals I know right now who's just doing really cool work, Amanda Spooner. Amanda, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Great. So if you could introduce yourself to the folks at home, uh, even for the folks who are listening who might know you, and uh, tell us a little bit about um, the projects you're kind of working on right now and what you're doing to kind of fill this strange time we're finding us our, ourselves in. Sure. So my name is Amanda Spooner. As you mentioned, I am a theatrical stage manager. I'm a proud member of Actors Equity Association. I have been working professionally as a stage manager for, oh, 20 years, almost 20 years. I've been an equity member since the fall of 2008. I work primarily on new plays and musicals, which I love because you never know where they're going to go. And I've always liked having to be in the moment and being present. I was trained in school like a lot of us. I went to community college in California where I received my associate's degree in theater arts. And then I transferred to San Francisco State. I sort of accidentally uh, got into San Francisco State. I thought I was going to an info session. And it turns out I was like signing up for the theater program. Um, (laughs) which was kind of funny, but it like turned out fine. I went there for technical theater and design. I had a great time. I was there for two years. And uh, while I was there, I was stage managing shows that feature drag queens. And so there was a lot of, there were written musicals that had drag queens in them. There were drag shows that had drag queens in them. I myself was performing as what was called a faux drag queen at the time. Mm-hmm which was a person who identifies as a woman playing as a man playing a woman. Um, my stage name was Venus Envy. So whenever yes. I, yes. So whenever I actually got to perform, I always performed with food. I knew, well, I still know how to make an ice cream sundae with my feet. So I was sure to like leave the stage nice and messy. It was like punk rock stage management in reverse. Um, I always, uh, karma was always a bitch. Am I allowed to swear on this? (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Um, Karma was always a bitch. You know, I'd always end up having to change the clocks in the dressing room so that people wouldn't operate on drag time, that sort of thing. But it was a big, wonderful drag family. And I did, you know, like I said, some stuff that was scripted, a lot of stuff that wasn't. And I think that that's really where I learned a lot about stage management because it was about being present and being in the moment and being adaptable. And I decided I wanted to be in New York. So I went to uh, New York for a year, worked on Musical the Musical when John Tartaglia was in it. And that was post uh, Avenue Q. And I did that. I did the tour of that and I applied for grad schools. And the reason I went to grad school, although, do you want to know this? Maybe you want to know this? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. People usually ask. Well, a ton of theater artists listen to this, and uh, a lot of my a lot of the students at University of Florida will. So I think this will point them in a good direction. 
<laughs> so the reason I went to grad school is because I did have my foundational learning about stage management based really in drag performance in San Francisco. And so I went, which is, I'm from the Bay Area, and I went uh, to grad school because I knew I wanted to end up in New York. And I knew that stage management and theater in New York was an industry, like it was an actual business industry. In San Francisco, there is some theater industry there, but at the time, a lot of people were moonlighting theater artists. There were a lot of tiny companies that people had started, which were great. Um, But a lot of people would like work at Macy's during the day and then work in theater at night. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted to work in theater all the time. I wanted that to be the source of my livelihood. So I knew New York is where I needed to go. Um, At least I felt that. And so I applied for grad schools I applied for nine different programs because I really wanted to learn a formal approach to stage management, you know, uh, silly things like considering union rules and stuff like that. Uh, And so I wanted to take that sort of raw material and experience that I had uh, doing drag shows and other shows in San Francisco and then really uh, step it up a notch and go into the more formal approach to theatrical stage management. So I ended up going to Yale, which was great. I graduated in 09. I got my equity card there. I went uh, straight to New York after that. My thesis was, uh, went on to an off-Broadway run. So I did that. I um, spent a decade in New York, living, uh, working mostly in New York. I eventually, very quickly actually, ended up working exclusively on new plays and musicals. And I do think Mm -hmm. Um, again, just to reiterate, like, I think that that is really the roots of that are in the the improv nature of drag, et cetera, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, need for me as a stage manager to just be present and be listening to what's changing in the room. Um, so that was like the wild frontier was new plays and musicals with people like Ann Washburn and Brianna Jacobs Jenkins. So mm-hmm. Um, I thought this is this is it. This is the life for me. I in part got my MFA because I knew I eventually wanted to teach. I am definitely that person who had stuffed animals lined up in front of a chalkboard. <laughs> was a kid and really wanted to uh, be an educator. While I was in New York, I realized that I like. Uh, informal methods of education. Um, Mm -hmm. So I started a program called Tandem in New York, which was about peer-to-peer education and using each other's resources in a really respectful and fruitful way. And so we had a lot of events like Stage Manager on Stage Manager Speed Dating. Um, We had a lot of symposiums. We still have events, but now I'm the vice chair Mm -hmm. of the Stage Managers Association. And I am the founder of the year of the Stage Manager 2020 slash 2021, because um, we are going to extend the year of the stage manager. Yes, yes. It's, we deserve it, damn it. So yes, absolutely. It through June of 2021. And um, so I have a lot of community projects going on. I'm really excited about a lot of the programming that is housed at the Stage Managers Association. So um, we're doing a lot of that on Zoom. Um, I'm on faculty at Ithaca, Ithaca College, which is why I speak in the past tense about living in New York. I do a lot of projects still in New York. I develop a lot of new work with people like Brandon Jacobs Jenkins. Um, I was on, still am, on Sing Streets, which is a musical based on the 2016 movie. It's a wonderful musical. I did the workshop of it last August in 2019. And I was the PSM of the production at New York 
Theater Workshop this last fall, which closed at the end of January. And we were four hours into our first onstage rehearsal at the Lyceum when Broadway shut down. Oh. <laughs> so so we're, uh, we're on hiatus. We're going to see you know, just like everyone else, what the future brings with mm-hmm. this, what I'm calling the extended spring break, because nobody has like named it yet. It's not yep. like the great recession or the great depression or anything like that yet. I refuse to call it coronavirus. Um, so yep. I'm calling it the extended spring break. And I realized that that might conjure up images of naughty spring breakers still uh, <laughs> disobeying, but I just am trying to really uh to answer your question about what's going on now in these wild times i'm really trying to embrace the idea that we all suddenly are confronted with ourselves mm-hmm. <laughs> like this, this truly like massive pause that all of us needed and probably craved on some level especially mm-hmm. theater artists and didn't really uh we could never even fathom taking like mm-hmm. two weeks and just spending it or eight weeks or whatever it ends yeah. up and spending it with ourselves or with our families or on mm-hmm. Zoom with friends or like, you know, former lovers or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think it's I think it's a scary gift is what what it really is. So yeah. It's it's so scary because it, what's lovely is I'm seeing friends who I've always known are like performers, artists, and they do things now and then, but they're for the first time actually I'm watching them like smile and like creating work, even if it's like art in their own home and they're posting it online and they're so proud of it. And I'm just like, you know what, this might suck and this unemployment might be really scary for some people, but like I'm watching people flourish and I think it's so amazing, which is also kind of why I wanted to do this because, uh, you know, it's one of those, it's like, oh, we're in such a dark time, but like some of the brightest things come out of the darkest times. Um, I was interviewing somebody and they said, I think there's going to be an art movement in about a hundred years that we're going to refer to as the, the COVID period and mm-hmm. uh, COVID <laughs> period of art, just because so much is coming out of this right now and there's so much going on. But like, I love that even with the year of the stage energy, you guys are keeping things going through all of this and doing Zoom. So can you talk a little bit about the year of the stage manager and kind of what that's doing and, and what you all are aiming for with that? Sure. So Year of the Stage Manager was born, the idea of it was born in July of 2019. Uh, We had known really since, and by we, I mean the stage management community. I serve on council at Actors Equity Association. So I think the conversation um, about the history of stage managers and equity actually might have started in that circle of friends. Um, But in February of 2019, we realized that February of 2020 would mark a years since there was explicit language in uh, contract negotiations regarding stage managers. So stage managers had already been a part of actors' equity, um, but just not explicitly so. And so, and I mean, we still, when we're on contract, are still referred to as capital A actors in a lot of contract language. So come that far in a century. Um, But it was still exciting, nevertheless, to have uh, something that could be marked, you know, by a calendar occasion for stage managers Mm -hmm. and Actors' Equity Association. So knowing that that was the case, I, uh, you know, had, I'm always advocating for stage managers. I use social media a lot to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, I like peaceful advocacy. I am probably guilty of participating in call-out culture when it comes to production assistance, maybe, and like mm-hmm. 
advocating for their rights and compensation. Um, but I do like to try and do it peacefully and through peer-to-peer education and through conversation. Um, cause I do think social media is a great tool. So anyway, I was doing that a lot anyway. And Lindsay Jones, who is a sound designer, who's one of the founders of the collaborator party, So when the sound designers lost their Tony, um, he and John Gramata were the two people, two sound designers who were the figureheads for uh, getting people's attention about that and amassing support and eventually having the sound design Tony reinstated. Um, But nevertheless, they held on to this thing called the Collaborator Party. So I was a co-host at the Collaborator Party. Um, Lindsay Jones and I knew each other from working on shows together. And he reached out to me on Facebook and he said, look, I see everything you're doing doing everything you're saying on your own Facebook, on these other groups. And he said, you know what, honestly, you sound like a sound designer. Um, We have an affinity and that people don't know what we do. So people don't seem to know what stage managers do. And I feel like if they Mm -hmm. knew more about what you did and you were such a, a, you know, was talking to me, he's like, you're such a big fan of education anyway. He's like, really, you should just say that 2020 is the year of the stage manager. And it was like, what? This is so Do that? Is that legal? And he was like, legal, just say that's what you're doing. And I was like, okay. Sure. Yeah, so I called a handful of stage managers that are, you know, influential in in the community or in equity. And I said, um, you know, I just want to give you a heads up. I'm doing this. And they were like, okay, great. And so I just went on Facebook and made it so. So the whole point is to educate people about stage management and to celebrate stage managers. Um, We are derailed a little bit in our programming, um, but we are recovering Mm -hmm. uh, because of the extended spring break. COVID period. Um, So we had some events. uh, Every month of 2020 was dedicated to a different topic regarding stage management and the community. And um, so now we are just looking at those topics uh, with great focus on all of them between now and June of 2021. Um, We're doing away with that sort of like, this month is this topic. Mm -hmm. Just saying, hey, all Mm -hmm. these things are important all throughout the year. Um, We have a website, which is YSM2020.com. Um, we have a Sminsta gram so people can take it over. Um, as of January 1st, 2020, stage managers were taking over the Sminsta gram uh, on their various projects, but a lot of those projects are on hiatus. So stage mm-hmm. managers are starting to shake the dust off of their eyes and come, come back to the Sminsta gram and are documenting what they're doing at home and the projects they're working on. So it really is just a big grassroots campaign to get people talking about stage managers. Again, for stage managers to educate people about what they do, for the people who love them to celebrate them. On the 100th anniversary, uh, there were stage managers across the United States that gathered for a photo, for a centennial photo. Um, Those were really remarkable. There were so many people in New York. I think it was maybe 120 that showed up, managers that showed up for that photo. Um, So that was really thrilling. And yeah, we just really, again, it's a grassroots campaign. So it's up to the people to run with it. We have two Mm -hmm. uh, very specific sort of mini campaigns going on, one called Credit Your SM, which we are asking (laughs) both producers and publications to include at least the PSM when designers and actors are listed Mm -hmm. in in a press release or in 
in any sort of critical content. And then we're also, if the award season, uh, when it happens, um, we are asking people to thank their stage managers. So if they feel that it's appropriate, mm-hmm to do so. We're asking that people thank their stage managers, not simply by name, but they say, I want to thank our stage manager, Joe Schmo, or whoever it mm-hmm. might be. Um, so yeah. And there's a Facebook group for the year stage manager 2020. It has over 5,000 members in it. Most of them are stage managers. A lot of them are not, which is very exciting. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, anybody who's listening, feel free uh, to go to the Facebook group, to the website, um, go to our Instagram, And I think it's totally okay that we now have a year and a half uh, to celebrate stage managers. <laughs> um, yeah, and the campaign color is bright orange because stage managers often find themselves wearing all black so that they mm-hmm. are not standing out. And because the campaign ultimately is about visibility we thought what's the opposite of wearing all black well it's bright hunter orange (laughs) (laughs) we love that also because that's like the color of a good spike tick too so like we all love that Um, (laughs) i i love that and i think that's so important because i even caught myself after it all started i went through my whole website made sure that every show that i have referenced as a designer or a director that i also have my stage manager listed because like as a director I am the most unorganized person. So I literally have had some of the most amazing stage managers who have got me through. Cause like, you know, it's, uh, I think my favorite story you've ever put on, uh, on social media is that you stage managed your, own, uh, you know, giving birth, which I just oh, think yeah. is such an amazing story. I think it's so funny. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, it's just, we need stage managers uh, even outside of the theater. And so I think it's really important. And I think I love seeing the education, um, pushing for better education of people to become stage managers, even at programs that don't have a stage management program. Um, just cause the, you know, it's, it's such a wonderful thing. And so I love that. So everyone out there, make sure you go join your the stage manager and thank you stage managers at the end of the day, please. Thank you. <laughs> um, and our content is all free, which has always yeah. been really important to me. I think that, you know, in this country and other countries too, we pay a lot for formal education. As an mm-hmm. educator, I work really hard to make sure my students are getting their money's worth, um, whatever that means. But you're the stage manager 2020. Mm-hmm. Any uh, content or programming events, <laughs> eventual in-person events, um, any of the events that come through that are uh, free to participate. So. I love that. Yeah, because I was shocked as I've been going through my master's to find out that like most of our education is our research is publicly funded, but then you it's not accessible to the general public who mm-hmm. funds it. And that's when I went, oh, no, this needs to change. This this has to change because um, how do we expect people to educate themselves? So I love that because this, this brings me joy. So um, can you talk a little bit about what's bringing you joy right now. You always have such a wonderfully positive outlook uh, as a social media presence, which I love. Um, so could you just talk a little bit about what's what you're doing to find joy right now? Well, you might be able to hear my joy above me. Uh, I'm on the first floor of our house and you can hear my four-year-old bouncing around up there. Uh, Jack, who is my theater baby, he was born on a Monday like a good equity kid. Um, <laughs> he, uh, you know, we split our time really between Ithaca and New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was working on Sing Street, especially when I was PSMing it in October of uh, 2019, I was really only seeing Jack one day a week. Uh, thank God for my husband. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And mm-hmm. 
able to deal with me sort of coming and going and had very seldom being home. And so really, I went from being a Broadway stage manager, still professor at Ithaca College, taught class last night, which was fun via Zoom. Um, but I went from being a Broadway stage manager during the day to a preschool teacher for about 10 hours a day. Um, but it's it's great. It's been a nice opportunity to uh, get to know my son again in a way that I didn't get to when I wasn't seeing him on a daily basis. So he brings me an incredible amount of joy. My husband does as well. But as you were saying earlier, just checking in with people, seeing what they're able to create, um, being able to be a a rock for people when they need it, um, being able to reach out to people and also tell them when I'm freaking out and letting them uh, Mm -hmm. serve that role in my life. Um, We've all been, I think, doing a pretty good job of sharing the responsibilities of being everyone's Uh foundation when they need it. Um, But I just, in general, this is going to sound really sort of silly, but I love people. I just love people. I always have. I've all, I think I've spent most of my life in cities. Um, I'm most comfortable when there's 8 million people, (laughs) like on every side of me. Um, I just really love people. Even when, you know, they cut me off in traffic, I still just on some, level just love them like I love that everyone has a whole universe behind their eyes in which they're thinking about things and considering things and planning things and experiencing emotions so this you know it might feel like we're more socially distant from one another right now but I've never felt so connected to people Mm -hmm. that I love and otherwise didn't always have time to see or like isolated time to talk about things from Jackie O to current events to theater. So that's bringing me a lot of joy. I'm also working on writing a musical, which is uh, hilarious to hear it come out of my mouth because I played the clarinet like when I was in middle school. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am not writing uh, the music of the musical. I am writing the uh, book of the musical. It sort of started out as, you know how some casts and companies like we'll get together and do puzzles backstage Mm -hmm. or like on a two show day we'll do puzzles uh me and a couple of other members of the sing street company um that was like our puzzle when we were running in new york theater workshop so we started writing this musical and now we're like great we have all this time to keep doing it do i think anything's going to come of it who's to say but if you ask me it's pretty good because we've all had time to focus on it i think the story is really strong and the music that's being developed for it is really great so yeah that's fun and that's especially fun you know because i spend so much time in a job that I adore. I love being <laughs> middle management. I love being a stage manager, um, but in, and also an educator, but it's, uh, yeah, it's fun to sort of flex that, that creative muscle in that way. So it's good. That's awesome. Well, and you have such a background in working in new works and development and things. So I can't think of kind of anyone better suited than people that work in working on original works. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I so, spent a lot of time, you know, people talking about a single word, you know, for an hour, mm-hmm. like, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. And um, knowing what the priorities are and knowing to trust the truth in it and the mm-hmm. human experience that, you know, informs it. So it's fun. I don't, you know, I don't, again, I don't know what's going to come out of it, but I think you're right. There will be an artistic period that we all look back on and that people, you know, years from now are going to be testing their students on whether or not it was Victorian or COVID. COVID, oh, I love that. Well, you know, as we're wrapping up, just as an educator, but also someone who is a working professional, which I think is so important to like show because, 
you know, I, you and I met uh, when I was at SUNY New Paltz and with Ken Goldstein and Catherine Doherty, who are just like shining examples of being a working professional and an educator and just kind of the heart that that takes. Um, what are what are some key things for our listeners out there if they're, you know, looking to make the jump to New York or looking to go to grad school? What are a couple things that you think really just set um people apart like as you've looked to higher PSMs or, or, or ASMs and things what are what are just some things that you look for in in a theater professional for hire I mean I think if it's it's sort of a two-part answer so if you're looking you know mm-hmm. if you've chosen a market and New York is your market and that's where you want to at least give it a shot I think people should not think about that's where I want to spend the rest of my life but that's where I want to be mm-hmm. And so when you start thinking about it like that, I think that I wish that I knew sooner in my life that you really can reach out to people and assuming that they have the wherewithal, the time to be in touch with you and share with you their experience. Theater people love being helpful, um, Mm -hmm. especially right now. And so I feel like had I known sooner that I could just start reaching to contacts that I know, you know, that I knew new people in New York, mm-hmm. that they could put me in touch with people, that there's such great value in just getting to know people that are doing the thing you want to do or that are adjacent to it. And I think that that can feel really scary, but I know that for me and a lot of my many, many, many friends that are theater artists in New York, it adds value to our own experience that we've had in the past if we get to share it with somebody and help inform their future. So I feel like that's really important. As far as like finding people that are PAs or ASMs, really people hire the people they like. So um, I know the interviews can make people really nervous. And so I always, there's sort of a margin for that understanding. But I think when people are um, comfortable with themselves, when they rise to the occasion of maybe not knowing everything, but being willing to give it a try. Um, I don't know everything. There's still days where I'm like, I don't know how to do this thing. And so I have to ask somebody, but knowing well enough about themselves to Mm -hmm. be comfortable enough to say that. Um, I think people that are present, that's a word that I've said probably eight times in this, you know, conversation that we're having is that it's just about being present Mm -hmm. and being willing to be yourself and be vulnerable. And again, you know, rise to the expectations that they've clearly set for themselves. Those are the things that I look for in people. Cause I always tell my students that people hire the people they like, they keep the people who know what they're doing and they rehire the people who do it well. So, you know, it's hard to audition for stage management. It's really about who you want to be with yeah. for those long hours. Great. That's amazing. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for talking to me tonight. I know you've got a very busy schedule. Um, so can you just <laughs> tell the folks online, we talked about that you're the stage manager, but where can people find you online? So um, I am very accessible on Facebook. So you can find me as Amanda Spooner on Facebook. I am on Instagram as Spoon for Better. That's the word for uh, F-O-R. So Spoon for Better. Our Sminstagram is Sminsta2020. There's also the group on Facebook that's Year of the Stage Manager 2020. And our website is ysm2020.com. So pretty easy to find, especially because it's all bright orange. I love that. Well, thanks again for meeting with us tonight. I really appreciate it and uh, enjoy the rest of your extended spring break. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for this. Bye. 
Thank you for joining us for another Isolation Cast Voices from Quarantine. Unlike most of our episodes, you can actually see live video of this episode on our YouTube, which is Isolation Cast Voices from Quarantine. As always, find us on Facebook at Isolation Cast or at Dole Whip and Dreams Podcast. You can join us on Twitter at Dole Whip Pod, on Instagram at Dole Whip and Dreams, uh, and even on TikTok now at Maddie Lime. Now, go out and find your joy.